Welcome to Reflections from WT, the heart and the soul of the Texas Panhandle. This is episode number 27, and we're glad you're joining us. Today, I'm joined with uh, the 11th president of West Texas A&M, Dr. Walter Windler, and a special guest, Dr. Diarno Diarman. So, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning. Dr. Diarman, the first thing I want to say is how much I like your name. So you and I, we've known each other for a long time, you know, about 20 years. And I've always meant to say um, how cool I thought your name was. Thanks. I appreciate it. I like your name too, Randy. Well, you and I both have one of those names that uh, people not sure which is our first name, which is our last name. So, yeah. Um, Oddly, just to add a little bit to the conversation, we all have... D-D-R-R-W-W. Double initials. Wow. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, that could well, be I like yours, Dr. Wendler, because your middle name starts with a V, so your initials are just like, you, you yeah. just you, you keep <laughs> you going keep with rolling. that. Yeah, yeah. It looks, yeah, looks like an EKG. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to just start off by talking to both of you about the, the, the atmosphere across campus. It's, it's different. I, I have worked at this university. This is my 18th year. You've been here about the same amount of time, 20 years, DRM. The atmosphere is different than it ever has been before, and I and it's kind of cool in a way. You know, it's kind of a cross between a normal semester and a summer semester to me. What do you guys think about it? I think you're right, Randy. I think it is very different. I think that uh, what we're seeing is, you know, students have started having a stronger desire. They want to be back in the environment of, you know, the university and the university setting and all the things mm-hmm. that the university has to offer. And from an administrative standpoint or faculty standpoint, we have to, you know, be mindful of, you know, the restrictions that have to be in place and the, the safety right. and, you know, and the security of everyone during these times. And, but I do think you're right. It is different. I think everyone's done a really good job. I can't say enough about how administration has really responded and responded well to the I situation agree. that we've had to face. Yeah. And, and I, I think the, the nature of that's been so supportive. And I think, you know, the students can tell when they're in class, I think they're doing their part. Um, and, you know, and, and it's making for a, a very different, but a very productive and fruitful semester. I, I think part of it to me is I sense from the students that they're excited to be back and they are willing. I have had no problem with them wearing their mask or anything like that because they want to be here. Yeah. And they're excited about being in the, in they the classroom. Are, they are. And you can really tell those that really do want to be there. Um, and the other thing that I've noticed that makes it a little bit more different is it's hard to read the room. Um, anymore with masks. Um, You come out, you know, you're ready with your best dog and pony show. You've got all your best (laughs) canned jokes about whatever the topic is on that given day. And sometimes it's hard to tell. You can watch a little bit for the eyebrow. You know, that's about what you have to watch for. But but behind the mask, it's a little bit hard to read the room. And uh, I think that's one of the things that's been an adjustment for all the faculty. And then, then you have the whole technology realm, faculty delivering simultaneous courses, you know, in the synchronous Mm -hmm. format. And that's also been something. But but what, what a great flexibility we have for our students um, just to be able to have that and produce that and give that to them. Dr. Wendler, let's talk about homecoming a little bit. Sure. How, how we had to adjust that. Well, unfortunately, it's going to be a very different homecoming than we normally have. And I was looking at some images. I can't remember why, but they were homecoming images from last year. And it was a, it was a big event. Of course, it was. It was. A, it was the first new homecoming in the football right. stadium and everything. It was very nicely done. Uh, by our staff. And uh, this year, though, homecoming will largely be confined to the uh, recognition of the courts, the homecoming courts on the football field at halftime. We're not going to do the parade. And to add on, or to, in a sense, reinforce what Diarno says, um, you know, our students have remarkable character from my perspective. I just wrote this past week on 
character. And uh, they have remarkable character. And I think it's actually uh, shown more brightly in this time because students are wearing their mask. And I know, for example, I received a long email from a student in business school uh, who was very disappointed, didn't like wearing a mask and felt like it was confining. And he was very, he spoke very much like a young person with strong views and so mm-hmm. on. And he thought he shouldn't have to wear a mask, but he did. He came, he, on, did. he came to my office with his mask on. And there is something about that. There's, uh, there's no defiance in it. There's just a recognition that there is a hierarchy of, of authority. Uh, I'm subject to it. I do mm-hmm. what the governor says he believes we should do and what the Board of Regents and Chancellor John, John Sharp say we should. I do those things. That's the part of belonging to something that's larger than you are. No different than a football player um, on the field who submits him or herself to the coach and then the quarterback or whatever the play is. It's a hierarchy. It's a hierarchy. And there are a lot of places that want the world to be flat, and it's not flat. There is a hierarchy there. And hopefully, hopefully, if the administration at any organization does anything well, it should be that it engenders the respect of the people in the hierarchy to try to be fair and decent and so on and so forth. The students are representing that. So I, I think the homecoming this year is going to be different, but mm-hmm. I think people will be respectful of it and say, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're doing the best we can. And I, I really do think students generally believe that. There are some, as there are some faculty and staff who don't think we're doing the best we can and may have a different way of doing things. And I respect that too. I mean, it's okay. Uh, but I believe our goal is to, um, to serve all well. And, and I really do think the students uh, have been... Um, very powerful in expressing that. And by the way, I think it's one of the reasons that our enrollment has grown this semester. I do too. I and that people appreciate that. We treat them like adults. I think too, to add to what you just said, you just pointed out something that I think is very unique at West Texas A&M. For a student to have that level of accessibility to the president of the university and that's to be rare. able to that visit yeah. one-on-one and for yeah. you to make time, I think that's something that you don't see that in a lot of places. And I think that's something that is a testament to what we do at West Texas A&M. And I think you're right in that, you know, viewpoints are appreciated and, and the hierarchy is, you know, understood. And, and I think that's something that, that has really helped fuel what we have going on here. I agree with you. Dr. Windler showed up to my class before. Uh, we, we taught, I taught a podcasting class and he actually came to my class and fielded questions and they still talk about it. That's I, I had to straighten him out. I had to, he was in. <laughs> I had to. I had to fix it. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about something that I know is uh, important to both of you, and I want to talk about personal finance when it comes to dealing with students. Uh, Diarno, I know that that's your area of expertise. How important is it that we teach personal finance to students in college these days? I think it's absolutely crucial. I think it's absolutely crucial. And I'll give you an example. In our area, uh, a lot of our students are first-generation students. And what that means is that, you know, for them, their structures that they have at home are not the same as what they are for others that may have grown up in, you know, in a, in a family structure where there's been a long lineage of education. And so what that does is a lot of times the families don't understand, the families don't realize, and the families, it's not that they're, that they can't. It's just never been presented to them in a palatable way. And so it's very crucial for us to fill that role and try to work with our first generation students and educate them on personal finance matters. And I think that's something that 
I'm very proud of the initiatives that we put forth at West Texas A&M well, to I agree address you, this. Uh, Dr. Wendler, you're, we're releasing a public service announcement today about that very thing. Tell, tell me how you feel about personal finance and education. Well, I think the days, uh, and I apologize if this is an old story and I'll try to be brief with it, but when I went to school, my father and my father-in-law both said, get any degree, it's going to be worth it. They were right. I went and got a pre-architecture degree at Texas A&M University after I completed an associate's degree in construction management at uh, Community College in New York. I transferred to Texas A&M and it was worth it. And the reason it was worth it because the tuition, and this is as sure as I'm sitting here, you can look this up in the 1970 um, Texas A&M records. Tuition was $200 a semester for all the hours I could take. And there was one fee, one fee, and it was $12.50, and it was paying for an IBM 360 on the second floor of Cushing Memorial Library. And that was the only fee. It was $212.50. No matter what degree I got at Texas A&M, it's worth it. I didn't have to borrow a single nickel. And my parents were working people, a janitor and a cook. That's my father and that. mother. Yes, my fa- both in the high school where I went. I couldn't get a break. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they knew what kind of a mess I made, and my mother knew what I had for lunch every day. But anyway, we, they were working people with six kids. And it's not a complaint. It's not anything. It's just a reality that worked very nicely for me. I, couldn't, I wouldn't have chosen anything else. And to this day, as I look back on it, it was perfect for me. But here's the point. Whatever degree I got as a first-in-family attendee of a university and a graduate was going to be worth what I paid. I wish that was now the case, but a student can borrow fifty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars for a degree that they have a hard time finding a job with. And people on the campus sometimes uh, resist that openness and honesty with students that different degrees command different uh, different rates of employment. And it's it's not a, if you want to be a primary teacher, maybe a kindergarten teacher, you're not going to earn a lot of money. But mm-hmm. if your heart is in that, if that's a calling on your life to do that, then I say, by golly, do it. And do it with, uh, with um, passion and love and so on and so forth. But don't borrow too much money to do it because right. you won't be able to pay it back. And by the way, that's not just kindergarten teachers. When I was down at Lubbock High School, the assistant principal, I gave him this pitch about, you know, making sure that they not borrow too much money. The assistant principal came up afterwards. His wife was a banker in Lubbock, and she had two physicians, a husband and wife, team of physicians, come in and try to borrow money for a house. They couldn't write a mortgage for him. Too much education debt. Mm -hmm. So they were living in an apartment and couldn't get out of it, and they were physicians. So it's not just kindergarten teachers. It's some of the most highly revered people in society for their knowledge and insight and wisdom borrowing too much money. You know, the Education Credit Union just supported our uh, Buff Smart program where we try to help students become financially literate. Well, it's important, especially as DiArno mentions, in a family where the student is the first one because a lot of those parents think, gosh, if we get a, if if, uh, if uh, Billy or Susan gets a college education, they've got it made. Well, not necessarily if they borrow too much money. So it's an investment. And anyway. I I like what you said, financially literate. I think that's an important word that every student that leaves West Texas A&M University should be financially literate. I agree. So Yeah. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about some of the trailblazing things you guys are doing over in the College of Business. We'll be back in 30 seconds. 
West Texas A&M University is proud to call the Texas Panhandle home, and providing the top 26 counties with opportunity and qualified graduates is an important WT mission. From their first experience on campus to graduation day, the WT experience is a challenging series of steps that will embolden our students to reach their full potential, and then, in turn, go out into the Panhandle and make a difference. Quality education with a big local return is one thing you can find here at WT. For more information about West Texas A&M University, visit our website at wtamu.edu. Welcome back to Reflections from WT. I got to be honest with both of you. I was shocked when I heard the news that WT had record enrollment this semester. With everything that's going on in the world today, we have record enrollment. Not many people can say that. Not many universities can say that. That's something that we ought to all be proud of, I think. And why? Why? Why are we having record enrollment in the middle of a pandemic? Well, we had the, I'll give you my impression, one of the things that apart from an excellent faculty and staff and students who appreciate what WT offers, in March, we started having these, um, what I call a COVID-19 meetings, you know, where we would talk every week with the key leaders from around the campus. Um, and of course, Neil Terry, a former uh, business dean is now the provost and has mm-hmm. a very good business sense, and a very good academic sense too. He helps with all this, as do all the vice presidents in their own way. But I told him in March, I said, look, I said, I'm tired of talking about all these problems that we have. I'm going to tell you what I want. I want our enrollment to go up by one student, just one, one. I have to pay their tuition myself. If we get down <laughs> to that place, I'll pay the tuition. I want a one student increase. And that started to focus our efforts on being attentive to how we might be able to build the enrollment in this time. So we started talking to students. We called them. We called 6,000 students, 240 faculty and staff and administrators on the university campus called 6,000 students and and talked to them about how things were going. This was after we shifted to online. Now, because of the College of Business, back in 1997, they started doing online um, uh, offerings. Well, they they've got it down. I mean, it's not it's not like it's pat, but they are working hard at knowing how to do it, and they do a good job with it. Anyway, uh, I think all of that has helped lead to record-breaking enrollment. Now, and another thing that's important: the business school. This is hard to believe, but the business, the MBA program, has one of ten students at West Texas A and M University is enrolled in business. And a big chunk of those are in the MBA program that's offered online. Those numbers are just about right, aren't Correct. they? You know? yes, okay. Correct. Uh, one in 10. And you know, a lot of schools have big business programs. And part of it is that business degrees have great value in the marketplace. That's just a matter of fact. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think that's all part of it, Rennie. But it was, uh, the bottom line is it was a commitment by faculty members, staff, and university leadership to try to grow the enrollment by service, by from the heart service to our students. Yeah, I think that's very, very true. And I think that I was part of that group that made calls to students and I had, um, you know, lists that I would work through throughout the week. And sometimes for our MBA students, you know, you're making those calls. I mean, we have students all around the U.S. and around the world and you're making those calls at different times. And I can remember some of those calls I made on my patio calling students and I'll never forget talking to people right after the pandemic broke and we started doing that. And I saw the importance of what we were doing when I, I talked to this woman in Virginia and she said, you, you took time to call me. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, how you doing? How's it going? <laughs> well, what do you do at the university? Well, I, I teach, I help run the grad programs. You, you do. 
yeah, how's it going? Like, what can we do for you? And I think that alone, I, I it's almost hard to, to not get emotional about it because right. I think what you find at, like what Dr. Wendler's saying is we are so fortunate at West Texas A&M University that there's just such good leadership that when I look at it in terms of, um, for our friends in ag, um, thinking of my buddies over there, I think of it in terms of like all the horses pulling the wagon in the right way at the right time. Yeah. And everybody came together during that time. And I think that's been a huge bonding for not only the students, the faculty, the administrators, I think just the whole community, Mm -hmm. the constituents as well, because they saw look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget making those calls and just how those students responded. And, you know, something that I really, um, I look back on the body of work that so many did. And, uh, it's just, it was one of the highlights that I probably had, even though 2020 has not been, you know, one of the best years, no. but it's definitely, uh, one of the highlights. Well, I, I think one of the, the things about West Texas A&M University, it's always been a fact here is personal relationships that we have with our students. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Last week, I went to my hometown of Pampa, Texas, and I had a student come up, and you know he was saying, "Hi, it's good to see you again," and said again how much he appreciated me calling him and sending him emails and just checking in on him. I think that means a lot to students. I think you're right. I think there is a you know you think about it and you, you think about what are the t- how how do we do this? What's the magic recipe? And I think there's not one. I think it's it goes back to what Dr. Winler said, and you know we've been a pioneer in online education since 1997, we've had quite mm-hmm. a jump. You know, if you think about it in the marketplace, we've tested things out. We've broken things. We've seen what works, what doesn't. And the, the reality is this, we're not done yet. We're just starting with a new realm of more of the production end of what classes will be like in the future. And I think it all centers around quality, affordability, and flexibility. And I think that's what we do. We have, we have done such a good job at this university with providing quality and providing, you know, the affordability and a a four year degree still to this day. And then also with just the flexibility we can, we make the, uh, you know, that's a powerful three legged stool to hold the university up on. It really is quality, affordability and flexibility and Mm -hmm. students need flexibility. You know, when I went to school, I'm talking about when I went to Texas A&M now 40 years ago or 50, I can't even count that high. Um, but (laughs) when I went down there, um, they didn't have to be flexible. Everybody kind of looked like me. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they were entering. They were going to try to finish in four years. Uh, if they transferred in like I did, they took all my hours. They made it work in the program. They were flexible. They were flexible. We become bureaucratic sometimes, and it's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, it's uh, bureaucracies tend to calcify an organization. Hyman Rickover, the famous Navy uh, admiral, uh, said one time. If you're going to sin against God or the bureaucracy, sin against God, he'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. bureaucracy yeah. never forgets. You know, it's just a, so I, th- I think, um, I think Dionos hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You know, we were talking this morning before Dr. Windler got here about streaming services like Pandora and Spotify. And we were also talking about Netflix and uh, Apple TV. And I think. That's our world now, and it I is. think that we've approached education that way here at WT because right. people want things on demand I agree. now, and we're providing that. And, and our, online, our online speaks to that. You're exactly right, and I think that all starts with a really robust technology infrastructure. If you don't have the technology infrastructure to which to build and grow mm-hmm. and to continuously improve, what do you have? Yeah. And I will tell we, you— we, we owe a lot to James Webb and his we crew for that. That is, that is correct. Yeah. And by the way— 
it's a it's an inventive faculty. It's a faculty that's willing to build a better mousetrap, and I think that's that again this flexibility um, and uh, you know looking at ways to make things and more it, affordable. And it also ties into the realness and to the quality. I mean, there's different aspects. Those three prongs. There's different aspects that exist within there. You know, quality is a function of many different things. Um, affordability is a function of many different things, and flexibility is a function of many different things. And they they have overlaps, and they have ways in which we reach people through those three prongs. And I think it's not uncommon for you see professors to be testing out a new microphone or to be testing out a new camera or mm-hmm. to be testing something out. And, and it goes back, I'll never forget when James Hallmark, when Dr. Hallmark was the provost at West Texas A&M, I was standing in the, the HELC one day and I had a, a webcam and I was trying to figure out how to, to buckle the webcam to the, the monitor in a classroom. And right as he walked by, I broke it. I mean, I shattered that. It was probably, you know, it was an expensive webcam, probably, you know, and, and I look over my shoulder and here's Dr. Hallmark standing right behind me. And he said, what are you doing, Diarno? And I said, um, well, sir, I, I broke a webcam and he just looked at me and he laughed and he goes, keep it up, Diarno. He said, you keep breaking stuff. That's the way you do it. And then he went on and I'll never forget that, yeah, but yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's been, it's okay to fail. Not everything we do in that space is going to work perfectly, but we learn from it. We grow and we continuously yeah, improve trying. moving on. And Thank I think the trying. students pick up on that. They They've do. never known life without these streaming services. Exactly They've never right. known that. Well, we say that over here, one of the things that we're proud of over here in fine arts, and especially in the media communication program is it's hands-on from the get-go. You know, we put stuff in your hands, and that's the way you learn and best over here. And students love that. Yeah. They love that. Okay. We could, we could talk for days about this stuff. I can see stuff. that. This is something else, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to throw you guys a curveball. Ready? I, we traditionally throw Dr. Wendler and our guest a curveball. So here's the one for this, this month is, I want you guys to think back and tell me. This is, this is our October podcast. I want you both to tell me your best Halloween costume. You've ever had? Oh, hmm. What are you gonna go with there? I don't know. You know, we I got you. You got me. Yeah. I will tell you a Halloween experience, and I already apologize for telling too many stories, but I got a story. Um, it was Halloween. It was on in New York, uh, out on Long Island, about forty miles from uh, Manhattan, and uh, we did daytime trick or treating. Nobody went out at night, not because it was dangerous or anything. It was just a tradition. After school, you'd come home, get your costumes on, and go. Well, I had. Uh, remember, I come from a family of six kids, and I had my bags with my candy in it, and it was raining, mm. and the bottom fell out of my candy bag. And I think I was probably in third or fourth grade, and I just ran home crying the whole way. All my candy went out on the street. I tried to put some in my pockets and stuff the bag. Do you remember what your costume was that year? I think I went as a hobo or something, which was yeah. pretty easy, actually. Just go, go, get, go to the dresser and get my stuff yeah. out. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Your bottom, the bottom fell out. Boy, that, uh, yeah. What about you? Well, one year, uh, the family went as a rock band. And so oh, yeah. we had a big hair rock band. So my wife and I and the kids. And the hilarious thing was... Um, I hope you were the bass player because well, they're yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't think about it, but walking around in different neighborhoods and visiting with people, you know, I saw a lot of my like former students yeah. <laughs> and they're looking at me like they recognized me, but they didn't really recognize me. And they're, but it really sparked some fun conversations that night. I had a, I had a blast doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode. Um, this has been a fun one. I, I've enjoyed talking to you, Arno. Yeah, uh, we'll have too, to get Andy. you back. Sometime. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and we appreciate you joining us for this episode of Reflections from WT. Be sure and join us again next time. We'll see you then.